Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? It's going really well, Shay. I, I'm excited about this episode. This is a topic that we have been probably obsessed with for many years now. Too long, probably. Probably spent too yeah. much time talking and thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, not to go right into it. Today we're talking about all things pick rate. If it matters, why does it matter? What affects it? And what's the current state of pick rate as of it is as it currently stands? Before we get into the episode, though, if you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions, or we'll leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to guarantee it makes it on the show. Please follow us on Twitter at Kirkrudoshay and at HP Burson for all things Apex, TFT. Lakers, esports industry insights from Henry. All the goodies are over there on our personal Twitters. Uh, links for those are in the description. If you want to support us and the podcast, please consider joining our Patreon. If you're listening to this episode now and you wish you had it a couple days earlier, well, that's what patrons mm-hmm. get. So you can get a ton of different benefits, ad-free listening, early access, exclusive episodes, merch, replica weapons, access to the tournaments. There's so many benefits to supporting us for just a couple bucks a month. Really appreciate all your support. Yeah, Buy us a cup of coffee. That's kind of how we, uh, we we try and explain it to people in terms of we don't want to try and take anything major out of your guys' income, but it keeps the lights on over here for us, so we always appreciate it. Let's get into it, though, and talk about pick rate. It's something like you kind of mentioned top of the show, something we've obsessed over, honestly for a long time so take it away with maybe why we're talking about it today and what the importance of pick rate really is for sure so like we said on this show we have discussed legend balance at great length over the last two and a half years we have been chatting apex every single week and we've honestly evolved our perspective on legend balance a lot We've had the chance to speak with game developers, the lead game designer, and more so broaden our view from not just our own experience, but the wider player base. And that's been eye-opening, I think, to our perspective on balance. At one time, we believed that legend win rate um, was the most important, um, which is an internal figure that we don't really have access to. So it was difficult to trust or assess that number. Um, We also, at one point, thought that player perception and pick rate were the most critical to informing a legend balance decision. And at other times, we ignored all data and just trusted game designers that have decades and decades of experience to formulate a healthy meta. So kind of dove straight into many, many different perspectives. Yeah, every single thing we've thought through and aligned with at some point in time. We try to not be overtly biased in this discussion. Yeah, totally. And so then all that background plays into Apex Legends across the last handful of seasons. Now about a year or so of content has lacked substantial amounts of legend balancing aside from very specific focus on legends like Revenant, Rampart, Watson, Crypto, and most recently Lifeline. These changes are few and far between, and 
objectively lack a significant impact on the legend meta. Now, the lack of holistic legend balance, dev notes, and just broadly speaking, explanations from the new team in charge has been frustrating for us because we're pretty passionate about that. That being said, we surprisingly may have the most balanced legend pick rate in a long, long time today. So on this episode, we're going to dive into why and how that may be the case. It's so interesting to look at and so interesting to see, like you said, how it's kind of changed and evolved for better or for worse because, you know, Henry and I's highlight of the season for longtime listeners know that we loved seeing what was the meta going to shift to based on legend balancing and what was the explanation going to be for changes that were made in the notes and on dev streams and we've obviously evolved into a different direction from that and so we are making more assumptions i think than we ever have before but like you said pick rates in a pretty good spot today yeah i i think taking a closer look at the pick rate Today, at the split, season 13, um, legend popularity is probably our best indication for who players want to play across the player base. The difference between how many Octane players there are and how many Gibraltar players there are is a difference of almost five times. So there's a pretty broad difference between how popular legends can be. That means that we have a top-heavy pick rate, and that is what informs the concept of a legend meta. Mm -hmm. If the legend pick rate was uniform, if every legend was picked an even amount of times, there wouldn't be a most efficient legend or a most effective tactic. Mm which, but the current, uh, and I think, yeah. like, dive into that point just a little bit because I think there is a perspective that would say that's how it should be. Everyone should be equal, yeah. like. Everyone should have the same level of playability and skill. That's just not possible, though, in the world we live in. And so it's like, how do you go about it in different ways? Do you adjust pick rate accordingly to compromise for that? Is it just a basis of the game? It's not something that is just something talked about in Apex. This is in every game that has champions, legends, whatever you want to call them, uh, sort of thing. Like you kind of said, leading into what is the meta at the time. So I think it's such an interesting discussion because, yeah, it's impossible to be completely balanced across the board. So how you determine balance becomes a different perspective. Yeah, I think that it's almost a guarantee that you will have a top-heavy legend distribution in a hero shooter like this. But we used to think that there was this ideal pick rate, and if a legend was above that, you got to nerf them. If they're below that, you got to buff them. And that is a little bit too simplistic Mm -hmm. because what you said, Jay, about we want every legend to be playable, that is a much more complex balancing decision Mm -hmm. than just looking at legend popularity. So pick rate definitely informs the decision, but I think that point on making sure legends that are below average or above average are still fair and fun to play is a more subjective process that takes time and experience to unlock. And we'll talk about some of those variables and such that can go into things on the back half of this episode. So if we kind of 
take a look at right now the pick rate as it stands today. This changes, you know, by the hour. But if we're looking at it today, the current distribution can be summarized in a couple tiers. We look at, you know, the pick rate in tiers because it's so separated. You know, if we were to just say, oh, this legend is number four, this um, this legend is number five, the difference between those like numbers and the order can be really, really different. So we kind of look at an S-tier legend being between Octane, Wraith, Valkyrie, and Pathfinder. And this is like 9.7% pick rate all the way up to 11.5%. Then have A-tier with Bloodhound and Horizon. This is a really broad change between 6.3% and 8.2%. Then we have B-tier, which ranges with Lifeline, Bangalore, Ash, and Fuse from 3.6% all the way to 4.9%. C-tier, Loba, Caustic, Seer, Mirage, 2.8% to 3.3%. Then we have D-tier, Rampart, Watson, Gibraltar, Revenant, and Newcastle, ranging from 2 to 2.5% pick rate. And finally, in our F-tier, we have Crypto and Mad Maggie sitting at 1.7 and 1.8, respectively. Now, that's a lot of numbers, <laughs> um, but that's kind of the breakdown on how it currently stands. Um, a drastic pick rate difference is a strong indication that the legends are either overpowered, underpowered, or both. Currently, the range between the number one legend and number 21 legend is 9.8%. So Octane at the mm-hmm. top. Crypto at the bottom, the difference is 9.8. It's a big gap, to say the least, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a big gap. That gap is going to be natural. Mm -hmm. So comparing that gap to other seasons other times is where you kind of start to get a more clear picture. There is one specific time in Season 9 after the Genesis event where that range between number one and the legend at the bottom was 15.6%. That is comparatively a 60% more drastic difference in range. So, considering that, that the spread between pick rate has decreased by 60% Mm -hmm. since season nine, is a really good indication that the legends that were overpowered came down in pick Mm -hmm. rate and the legends that were underpowered came up in pick rate. Does that mean their problems were solved? Mm Maybe, maybe not, but the pick rate has been decreased a little bit in terms of the difference in that range. It's really interesting. And I think like you're kind of talking about it, you're saying overpowered, you're saying underpowered. And I think it's because pick rate to us and why we're talking about today is one of, if not the best indicator to look at to measure strength. There are 100% outliers like Gibraltar. 2.4% 2.4% if we're just talking about like in-game power. So there's always going to be outliers in this. But if you are taking a holistic view, generally, that is one variable to definitely look at to determine, hey, who should I maybe go in and try and play if you have no concept of Apex at a whole? Like who are the best legends? Well, the people at the top of the pick rate list are generally speaking more effective than the people at the bottom. Touching more on this idea of an ideal pick rate before we do some comparison. Uh, This idea, like we said a little bit before, is a dangerous point of view when we think about game design. 
However, considering how many legends are in a game and what a uniform distribution would look like, right now in Season 13, we have 21 legends. So if you did 1 over 21, the target pick rate would be 4.76%, all other things being equal. Way back in Season 9, that target would have been 5.88%. This means that across the seasons, we would expect an average decrease in pick rate of 1.12% between season 9 and season 13. From this, we can extrapolate that any legend that has changed by decreasing 1% in pick rate has not been substantially affected by balancing, public opinion, really anything else across the last four seasons. It's a really cool measurement to look at for sure that I think paints a pretty dang accurate picture, honestly speaking. <laughs> yeah. So if we kind of compare that season nine Genesis event to right now, the split season 13, we get a couple interesting points. <laughs> if we think firstly, if we think back to season nine, the objectives may have been to decrease the pick rate at the top, most notably Octane and Wraith, as well as to pick up lower legends, as well as address Caustic, Gibraltar, and Revenant to ensure that they aren't oppressive. You know, those are kind of unique legends that waver in the middle and can really affect end games, middle games, and just kind of make the game stale in an unfun way. So those were likely objectives way back when. If we look at the percent changes, the following legends have had a substantial pick rate change. Octane, Wraith, Lifeline, Bangalore, Loba, Gibraltar, and Revenant. The legends that received pick rate increases were Valkyrie, Pathfinder, Horizon, Fuse, Rampart, and Watsons. Legends that had no meaningful change across the last four seasons have been Bloodhound, Mirage, and Caustic. Definitely a lot to unpack mm -hmm, there, mm -hmm. but... What's pretty nice about that is those first legends, the Octane, Wraith, Lifeline, Bangalore, Loba, Gibraltar, and Revenant, all went down, respectively, mm -hmm. across the last four seasons. Looking at all those legends at a whole, that is really, really good. We want those really popular legends to come down a little bit. We want Gibraltar to come down. We definitely want Revenant to come down. Are all of them perfect? Do we need Lifeline to come down, mm -hmm. Bangalore? Loba, maybe not. But I think overall, these are a pretty good initial reaction to what we wanted over the last four seasons of Apex. Yeah. Looking at it over the course of this time frame is cool because you get to see that like, yeah, there it wasn't a straight line to go from point A to point B for a lot of these legends, but generally speaking, got to the right place amidst a ton of variables, a ton of variables, not just from the game, but from the people actually working on the legends and stuff as well over the course of this time period. So it's interesting to see from that perspective as well what's kind of going on. Totally. Before we get into the rest of the episode, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's keep this thing rolling. Keep talking pick rate. I think this is such a... It, it is the best, like in my opinion, it's the most fun number to look at in terms of legend balancing to actually understand and take away some things. And 
the one we have access to. I'd love to talk about win rate with you, even yeah. if it was just small percentile changes in numbers, but uh, we won't be seeing that one anytime soon, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the pick rate really allows us to get into it and see what's happening at a really high level mm-hmm. view uh, from our perspective. But before the break, we talked about percent differences in pick rate across many, many seasons. That doesn't show you the entire picture Mm -hmm. um, because we've had new legends come into things. And obviously that affects the percentages where we can maybe see a better uh, effect on the pick rate is by looking at just the order. So like we talked about at the beginning, we kind of break down categories and tiers, but by looking at just if a legend came up a tier or two tiers or went down three tiers, that really shows us, okay, over the last four seasons, they've had a major recovery, they have been nerfed into the ground, or they've stayed strong. Before the break, we talked about, well, Octane and Wraith have fallen extremely relative to other legends, but they're still at the top. So if we look at the difference between season 13, season 9, Octane and Wraith are still at number one, number two. No change whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll come back to that (laughs) if it's a good thing or a bad thing. The legends that have come up in their order of pick Mm -hmm. rate are Valkyrie, Horizon, Fuse, Rampart. Other legends that have kind of come up, which is more artificial, are the newer legends. The Ash, the Seer, and Newcastle. Um, these are only kind of counted as coming up because when you do a comparison to a previous season, they are just slotted at, you know, non-existent. The least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Legends that have gone down in their rank order on pick rate are Bloodhound, Lifeline, Loba, Mirage, Gibraltar, Revenant, and Crypto. Feels so bad a for Loba. Of these to point just because her bracelet don't work half these seasons, man. Yeah. So I'm skipping ahead on what bad. we're doing, but we've just been gassing her, and we love her so much. So it, it just it hurts my heart to maybe see that be part it of the reasoning. Yeah. Sorry. Keep it going. Keep going. A couple <laughs> things to point out. Bloodhound was extremely dominant mm-hmm. uh, a year or so ago. That is no longer the case. You know, they would be in that B to A tier no longer S tier. That is probably good. You know, the the wall hack meta that people were upset about is no longer a trending topic on Twitter. So that would be a dub in terms of balancing. Lifeline going down uh, three levels, also pretty substantial because she was top four. Mm -hmm. Now she's top seven, right? The second. Is that good? Maybe. Um, But I think was affected by a, a couple things, most notably new legends, changing the map, changing the rules, changing game modes. Um, and these are universal numbers across all modes. Loba coming down, like Shay said, very unfortunate. Mirage coming down, maybe just a natural decline mm-hmm. given other you know, specialist legends. Gibraltar and Revenant came down eight points each on the ranks. Um, that's a lot. You know, that's kind of a difference of being mid-tier to being bottom mm-hmm. tier um, when we look at pick rate. Is that a positive thing? Maybe. You know, we definitely don't want a Revenant meta and a Gibraltar meta 
has been what we've been in for years yeah. at this yeah. point. So if we kind of think about it that way, maybe this is a good thing. Crypto is kind of an outlier in this because crypto was almost at the bottom uh, four seasons ago and is currently at the bottom. So even though new legends have come in, crypto is still the least popular out of all of them. So that's kind of an interesting one to look Rip at. Rip my boy crypto. <laughs> all other legends, you know, including Octane and Wraith that are unaffected over the last four seasons would be Pathfinder, Bangalore, Caustic, Watson, Mad Maggie. Kind of an outlier again with Mad Maggie being so new. But if you're thinking about, you know, all the things that have changed with Caustic or Watson or uh, Octane, for example, haven't really affected the order of popularity mm-hmm. here. So that's kind of an interesting thing to look at. And there, there's a ton of cool things to look at from this, which is why we're talking about today and why it's so interesting. But I think talk, looking at the people that drop to me is always so interesting because I think we can look at that and there's so many things to call out as potential reasonings for their drops. And your question of like, is Gibraltar and Revenant dropping by eight spots a good thing or a bad thing? I think you can make an argument in either way, specifically for Gibby. I think Rev, generally speaking, a lot of people are in agreement. Like Rev meta is not very fun. And like we kind of talked about, like there's legends where it's like, you know, I, I'm, I pine for Mirage to be more popular and be more playable and stuff. But at the same time, Mirage meta, not going to be very fun for people with decoys everywhere. So Figuring out the balancing and walking those lines and being able to express that in pick rate at times is is really cool. Really, really cool. Totally. I, I, let's stay on the Gibraltar topic, though. And this kind of bleeds into the next thing if we're ready to move on from this topic. And talk about esports pick rate. And I think let's rattle through this, but then I kind of want to get to the overarching question of does it matter, honestly? Um, but most recently... Uh, from the last pro league split playoffs, the last big esports event, courtesy of Sing Labs on Twitter, they pulled the pick rate for those playoffs all rounds. And we had a top five legend pick rate of Valk, Gibraltar, Caustic, Crypto, Ash, Valk 95.6, Gibraltar 86, and then a pretty big drop off to get the Caustic at 34, Crypto at 24, and Ash at 15. Fascinating, because this is when we get into this does this matter conversation because you see some big shifts from people like Octane, number one in pick rate in pubs to rarely played in the competitive scene. Gibraltar, the exact opposite, the antithesis of that. And then crypto coming from the bottom to close to the top and Watson actually being somewhat relevant in gameplay. A lot of variables, obviously, that go into esports pick rate. But when you hear these numbers, specifically as a Gibraltar main, what does that mean to you? Does it matter? Is it something we should look at or care? There is more shift in this event to event, generally speaking, from I would say your top three to five is pretty solidified unless there's meaningful changes to the meta in the game. But the rest of that can definitely shift from split to split and competition to competition. Yeah. I mean, you asked me, I look at this, what do I think from a Gibraltar standpoint? It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's honestly hard because if we go back in time two years, there was a very similar situation with Watson yeah, where yeah. she was at the bottom of the pick rate across the entire player base worldwide, but 
she was the meta and competitive. Now we see a pretty similar thing where Gibraltar is on the way lower end of pick rate mm-hmm. across the board, but in competitive is essential yeah. on every single team. Is that okay? Um, I think it is tolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Gibraltar man, it doesn't really affect me. I'm happy to see Gibraltar's play at the top level. But if you think about a game design perspective, such a drastic difference between ranked or pubs and then competitive apex maybe shouldn't be the mm-hmm. case. There should be a difference. You know, Obviously, the play styles are going to be different. Yeah. But when you see a legend that is almost unplayed mm-hmm. across the board and then is necessary and competitive, that's probably not a great experience for the viewer because it's so hard to relate to the gameplay that you're seeing. So I would cause uh, that's cause for concern. It's cause for concern, but also the point you hit on is don't you want it to be different and more unique at the same time? Because yeah, if it was just a mirror of, and I think there is some mirroring between like the high, high levels of rank, the pred or their lobbies, the master lobbies and the esports scene. But if, you know, like, look at, are these top legends? We're looking at Gibraltar. We're looking at crypto and caustic all cracking the top five in the latest esports competitions. Those are really not played legends in the regular everyday apex scene. And that is nice because it gives them a purpose, if that makes sense. It gives them this vote of confidence that these are legends that can be played at a high level, regardless of what maybe the general public thinks in terms of if they're fun to play. And at that point, it's kind of like, is that the variable we're looking at? Does pick rate measure what's fun to play? And then we can look at competitive esports meta as what is maybe most effective to play in a if you're in a going into a try to win environment, is that a perspective you can take, or are there too many other variables as well, in your opinion, that kind of play into this? I think that perspective is fire. I, I, I think that you can draw a line between competitive and public, but like I said before, you kind of you don't really have to care so much about the pro, mm-hmm. but more the viewer. If as the general public is watching competitive apex and they don't recognize what they're watching because of the legend mm-hmm. like comps that's kind of an yeah. issue you know it, it isn't a deal breaker obviously like apex is you know thriving has a really good competitive scene but looking at it from a pick rate perspective i think there is a cause for concern yeah. and that's why we've had the five season conversation around how do you make Gibraltar more fun to play, but not as powerful? And yeah. it is a tall task to do. Like, I don't understand how you do it, honestly. And they tried pretty intensely with crypto from the sounds of it in terms of how long it took them to get that change out. And it flopped. So I don't know exactly what you do. And that's why there's a lot of people paid a lot of money to try and figure it out. I mean... Maybe we'll do an episode kind of breaking down how we would try and maybe rebalance some things if we wanted to. That could be a fun uh, thought project. But the esports scene gives you a cool insight into what are the best people playing and can the legend I play be effective at a really high level, which is, I think, a nice little boat of confidence that esports pick rate can kind of give you as a team. Some other variables, though, I think we should talk about for pick rate and what is essentially influencing. The public pick rates, something we've spoken on for a long time now, and we have a little bit now of a case study to look at, but that's just the legends being free to unlock. 
are they free to unlock or have they been unlocked already? Um, and I think the clearest example we can look at of this actually affecting pick rate is Valkyrie. So back with our third birthday anniversary of Apex Legends, a handful of legends were allowed to be unlocked for free for the first time since the game had been released. Uh, and so from February 22nd to March 1st, Valk was made free to play. Before the 22nd, her pick rate sat at 6.6%. During that free period, she peaked all the way up at 11.2%. Pretty substantial increase at that point. You know, you talked about on this earlier in the show that like, we're talking about like, you know, one point something percent is being a pretty significant change from season to season. Like that's the expected. So anything above that's massive. That's almost a 100% increase within the season because someone went free to play. And she came back down. She settled at around 7.8. And then eventually she rocketed back to the top where she is now. What do you think of that? When you hear that and see that kind of case study, if we want to call it that, in Apex, what is your big takeaway for how this is essentially impacting pick rate? And should it be something we talk about and care about when discussing who is you know, at the top and the bottom? I think you absolutely have to care about it because you know when we spoke with the lead game designer in season seven kind of the beginning of our informed decision on pick rate where we got the internal figures from the developer we didn't talk about you know the legends that were free we didn't talk about how accessible legends Mm -hmm. were and it was assumed that the legends at the bottom nobody cares about nobody plays well are they unlocked? Because if a legend has been unlocked, tried, and then discarded, then there's a problem. But if someone either couldn't afford to get a legend or wasn't convinced, couldn't try out the legend, so didn't, that definitely can't impact where their power level mm-hmm. is. It definitely can speak to how attractive the playstyle might be, but man, you really have to look at that and say, okay, if a legend is unlocked by a large portion of the player base, what can we do to get them to try it? What can we do to balance them, to get them to unlock them? Or can we figure out a way to get more legends unlocked for more players? Because it breaks my heart, and I think it really affects the meta. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right in saying that we should, tr- there needs to be something done and figured out because at a whole, like really high level, Newcastle and Mad Maggie are two of the bottom three legends in pick rate, the two most recent legends. And it's impossible for us to look at things that have influenced Apex, like the unlocking thing of Valk, and say, yeah, them being, you know, recent and that you have to unlock them plays no role. Like there's something there. It's just kind of to the extreme of how, how do you figure that out to fix it? The other variable we talk about on the show a lot, though, is the map and how does the map impact the pick rate? And this is probably more of a ranked and comp essential shift because it's pretty hard to determine pick rate changes game by game when a map's rotating to every map throughout the day. So it should, in theory, kind of balance out in pubs. But if you take the competitive section of it, whether it is ranked or whether it is esports scene, do you see any variables? 
people from the most recent split two playoffs, we did see some significant changes. We saw Caustic play increase immensely on World's Edge. We saw Valk play increase immensely on Stormpoint, along with Gibraltar going up a ton on Stormpoint. And generally speaking, we just saw a lot of shift throughout the switching of maps between World's Edge and Stormpoint. It kind of mirrors what we've assumed for a long time, which is the map does impact how you play. And I think Valk is obviously the biggest example of that, where her essential push to the top came when jump towers were removed when we went to Stormpoint for the first time. And getting that variable into play was something that people saw to be so valuable that she just continued to climb into the upper echelon that she is now sitting in. What are maybe some of your thoughts, though, on looking at pick rate from a map perspective? We've been talking about this for a long time as well. I mean, ever since, I think, the second split of Season 7, you brought up this question of different buildings, different legends, different rotations have to make an impact on things like this. And with this data, we can definitely see from a competitive standpoint, it's Mm -hmm. true. And we've had the assumption that it's true across the board and ranked in pubs everywhere. Um, I think you could even make the argument for it being true in arenas. Yeah, I I know for me it definitely is. Um, So I think this is a big point that definitely makes this complicated question of pick rate, legend balance, win rate, even more complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a very... um, there's a lot of variables at play, and I think map is a yeah. big one. Let's talk about that, though. Let's answer kind of like the overall question of what we're talking about today. And you know, we like you kind of said, we're in a really good spot for pick rate, but what actually affects pick rate? We just talked about maps. We just talked about the unlockability of legends. What are some of the other variables we can look at to maybe not say that hey, this is the reason that this legend's here, but this is something we got to account for when we talk about pick rate kind of being the most available statistic to everyone that you should understand that this is going to be an influence regardless of where you're kind of looking at pick rate and when what do you want to talk about first on this what's the largest influence on pick Mm -hmm. rate that's your question i think it's a hard answer from a game developer's perspective and from our perspective but i think the largest influence is how cool the Mm -hmm. legend is and right now, that probably means some sort of mobility mm-hmm. tech. Um, and so I think, you know, we have different categories. We have offense, we have defense, mm-hmm. we have recon, we have support. Those don't really line up with coolness factor. Mm-hmm. I think better categories would be mobility, recon, defense. And then anyone that doesn't really fall into that is kind of considered a specialist. Mm -hmm. And that could be your Mirage, your Revenant, your Lifeline, you know, things that are very different from the mobility recon defense. It's so tough to look at. If you're not mobility, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle in Pickery. And so I think that's the most impactful thing to legend popularity is what actual play style or category do they fit into? It's so interesting because like, yeah, you look at those specialists like you're kind of mentioning and you see, you know, Mad Maggie towards the bottom, Revenant towards the bottom. And it's like, oh man, these legends, they just, they can't cut it. Even though they're in that offensive category, they still don't have that same fun playability um and so it's like if you come into the game as a new legend and you're really unique and don't serve a 
don't serve a purpose that is linked directly to having fun or winning in Apex, you're going to find yourself in a tough spot where people aren't going to play you in pubs and people aren't going to play you in ranked or on the esports scene. And I think you don't yeah. really want to be in that category where you're just never played by anyone and never unlocked by anyone. So I think you're right. Looking at who's cool, who is fun is probably the most important thing. It, they introduced Octane as the very first legend, you know, to come into the game new. And the excitement was all high because not only was it a new legend, but he was a fast legend, a really fun, cool looking legend that had a cool story. And obviously over time, he's gotten some love as well. And it's really played into his rise to the top. And that's another variable to talk about is, you know, buffs, nerfs, new legends coming in, all the extrinsic or the extrinsic i can't say the word right now i'm blanking uh all the external variables i tried to say the fancy version of it and failed those affecting legends pick rate is is a real thing i mean you see legends change season to season as the meta shifts because someone lost or gained abilities but then it's not the end all be all because you see people like pathfinder who are hit repeatedly still be towards the top and that probably plays into like what you're talking about the fun and the mobility (laughs) We also, you know, outside of actual events in game, whether it's an heirloom coming out, a buff or a nerf or a competing legend maybe that's new, you also do see legends just out of nowhere come up. And it's very hard to determine exactly what happened. We, we saw this with Horizon pretty recently. Maybe that's a map change. Maybe that's a streamer deciding to play them. Maybe that is... You know, an event that a voice actor went to that really drew people to want to play that legend more in a substantial way. So it's a really complicated situation, but I think the conclusion is right now, it's shocking to us that we have had the least amount of, you know, focused legend balancing Mm -hmm. and deep public conversations with developers about what a legend's ideal, you know, state is. But we're in one of the most healthy pick rates we've ever been in, in terms of the spread mm-hmm. and where special legends are. And the meta that we're in is very strong. You don't want a, a Revenant or a Rampart mm-hmm. meta. We are in a really healthy place, at least from our point yeah, of view. I mean, and that's shocking and yeah, amazing. It, it truly, truly is because Octane meta, not that horrible, not that oppressive. When you combine it with the popularity of the Revenant, then you get oppressive, you go down a rabbit hole. So balancing those two is obviously the key to success. And like you kind of mentioned, we're in a pretty good spot right now. And I'm excited to see how it continues moving forward. And I think there's the variable that we haven't talked about at all today and is something you and I have talked about on is it important or not? And it kind of changes from developer to developer is... At what point do you just need to keep the game fresh? And does somebody need to come up into the meta or leave the meta to keep things more exciting for the people that are playing a ton? We see it with weapons, you know, in rotation and the crafting or just getting balanced all the time. And it's something we've talked with the weapon designers about that's intentional. The Havoc had its time to shine and it's not at the top anymore. Is that a thing with with Legends? It kind of used to be, but it's definitely not anymore. Do you want that back? 
I'm, I'm not sure. I do. I get the perspective of enjoying someone new kind of cracking the top, but at the same time, Wraith has been at the top forever. And we you know we had talked about like, will she ever come down? The answer is no at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember the good old days when they were trying they to dethrone her, or rein her in a little mm-hmm. bit. And the truth is she has been reined in a little bit. But also, that's a result of more legends. Mm -hmm. You know, the more legends you bring out, the more you're going to divide the player base and just naturally you're going to have the range decrease. So, I don't know. I think we're in a pretty healthy spot. Um, It's always curious to see what the big moves are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, we're obviously going to keep an eye on that uh, for future episodes and future seasons. But uh, I think... My report is I'm pretty happy and I'm shocked to be saying that <laughs> considering the changes and things that have totally. happened. I think that's very well said. And I was going to wrap up our discussion on pick rate today. So thank you to our producer of the third party, Ten, who supports over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.